0: Welcome to the Ignite You Podcast, where two bros journey into all things spirituality and human transformation.
1: Let's get it.
0: Welcome to the Ignite You Podcast, people. Today, we're talking about all things sex, love, Tantra, and BDSM. You know who it is. It's Ryan Miller here. And I'm Cam McDougall.
1: Let's dive in. So, disclaimer. Yeah, of course. We're in a playful mood. It's obvious. This is going to be a playful and serious topic. Mm -hmm. We will dip in and out as we normally do. Yes. But full disclaimer, we're hopped up on Camachinos.
0: Uh, We're hopped up on matcha Cow. So what this is, is it's a beverage, a tonic that we love to drink. Uh, with the main ingredients being cacao and matcha and some other things. So that being said, we call it
1: matcha cow. But I made it, so it's cappuccino. So today, <laughs> we're not talking about that. That's part of the disclaimer.
0: Also, we are not experts in these fields, which oh, you yeah, all that's probably... Right. That's, that's, oh, okay, that's the real disclaimer. Oh, they're, they're right.
1: <laughs> we had a serious one. Yes,
0: we're not experts in these fields at all. We are humans who have had experiences. This is kind of in the way. We've had experiences in these worlds and we continue to explore them. We are curious about these worlds and we have a lot that has come up around these areas. So we thought it'd be helpful to talk about these topics, but mm-hmm. in no way, shape, or form are we experts.
1: No, and, and it's all our experience. This isn't yes. books. Well, actually, we might reference some books that yeah. have helped us along the way, but. This is all from our perspective. So if you are an expert in any of these areas and you're listening to this, correct us if we're wrong. Because we are students to this work. Mm-hmm. We are open to the opinions from experts. We will be bringing experts onto the show yes. very soon. But let us know because we want to Call learn. us out. Call us out. We love a good call out. We do love a good call out as much as we love a good crop top. Obviously, we love crop tops. Yep.
0: Okay. So where, sure <laughs> they can see. where so
1: I guess when we think about getting into, you know, sexuality, love, tantra, BDSM, all these topics, mm-hmm. it's like it's like we gotta start at the root, you know? And, yeah, and, the root chakra, yeah. We gotta start at the root chakra, which is actually kind of <laughs> accurate in a way. Yeah. But let's 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 riff on the topic of toxic masculinity because I know that I know personally that mm. I used to be a fuckboy. Like, I was yeah. not a conscious human when it came to sex. Yes, I was a serial monogamous, and yes, I had morals, and I mm-hmm. I think I treated most of my partners well. At the same time, I was mm-hmm. a bit of a slut and yeah. did not really understand how sacred sexuality was. And I, I you know, correct <sighs> yeah. me if I'm wrong, but I think that mm-hmm. you followed a similar path you're in that right. way. I'm you're right. right. Yeah, okay. You're correct. Yeah, the...
0: We were, Cam and I were talking about this actually because this is a huge subject and huge discussion but to just go into it the experiences I've had to what Cam is saying are very similar like the way that I engaged sex and the way that I approached hooking up with women at a young age it was a numbers game I don't know if you had this thing going on as well but in in school like in upbringing it's like numbers Totally. It's a numbers game, actually. You would meet up with your friends, and you'd be like, this is where I'm at. Yeah. This is my number. Yeah. And don't know if this applies to all genders, and this is how it goes, but I know for boys, majority in my experience in, in the collective I had was we'd show up, we'd share, and that would be a thing. And you'd get judged based on your number of hookups mm-hmm. that you've had. Had nothing to do with the quality of connection. Had nothing to do with who that person was. No, Almost no humanity in it. None. Just this number
1: yeah i don't
0: know was that something you had as well
1: oh for sure yeah <clears throat> for sure we it it was all about status yeah you know it was like for for me growing up the moment that you know i i lost my virginity i think i think i was 14 15 something like that mm-hmm. the moment i lost my virginity it was kind of like all right now now i'm in the game yeah and now every time my friends are like, yo, what happened with that girl? Yo, what happened with that girl? And it would just become this thing where it was like, oh shit, I got to tell my boys more that I hooked up with this girl. Mm-hmm. And so that became this like this pressure yeah. and that became the whole driving force around sex and, and connection was, yeah, it was pleasurable. But at the same time, it was like, let's just get super fucked up and, you know, hopefully hook up and then I can brag about it with my boys. Yeah, it's
0: actually, that's, was, that was the most important part, was like the after. For
1: sure. Fact. It wasn't totally. even like
0: doing it with a certain person. It was no. like, oh, I get to say that I did
1: that with that person. Half the time, you were both so wasted that you didn't even know what the hell you were doing. And it was more about the like, yeah, yeah. that happened.
0: Yeah, and I told you this, but I was actually 11 the first time I received uh, oral sex. Yeah, And I at that point, I couldn't even ejaculate. Like, boys at that time, or at least my experience was... I couldn't even produce sperm no. by the time that I had my first sexual encounter. Yeah, And one reason being also because I had an older brother, so he was a few years ahead of me uh, in that regard. So I would kind of see that and then have expectations to also be there. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting how these how these things come to surface and then I have you know, shame around that and these mm-hmm. other things come up naturally. I'm like, I was 11. And then I similar to you, I was like, okay, I did that. That means I need to continue mm-hmm. this thing. Mm-hmm. And so I need to keep this going and make sure I'm the person that's like mm-hmm. out of my friend group. I'm the one that's hooking up yeah. or like
1: leading the way in that. Yeah. It's like this yeah weird status game that goes on in that world. Very weird. And, and it becomes the driving force for all conversation. Like it becomes the, it, it, it literally becomes the only question that boys kind of ask each other. Like if, if a guy was, was connecting with, You know, a woman back in the day, or like you know, your teens at this point, but it'd be Mm -hmm. like, what happened? Like, how far did you go? Yeah. And it became this whole dialogue around, you know, that was the only thing that Mm -hmm. would be talked about. And if you, if you, if you hooked up, it was like high fives. And if not, it's like you're weak, you're soft. Like, why couldn't you? Why couldn't you close that deal? You know what I mean? Like, yeah.
0: And I heard actually the other day, Cristalia is a comedian. He was saying how men do everything for sex all the time, always. Like, anything you do is to get into a vagina. Like, that was wow. his that was wow. his wording. And I was like, oh, that's pretty intense. But in a sense, definitely at that age, like, for that sure. was the focus. That yeah. was what I was doing anything for. Like, that's why I started working out in a sense. That's oh, why right. I started doing anything, dressing a certain way. It was like, okay, well, this kind of plant me somewhere, leverage me somewhere so I can be perceived as X mm-hmm. to then receive mm-hmm. a connection, not connection, to have sex. Yeah, And so, yeah, man, it, it definitely came from a disturbing place. And it came from a place of expectation and like mm-hmm. didn't feel good. And that's what also didn't allow me to have friends that were women at that yeah. age. I shared this before in the uh, Divine Feminine podcast episode. And it was it was a challenge to actually get to the place to have female friends because I had so many programs in my head of like, this is what men and women do. Yeah. I was so deeply programmed with, if I talk to a woman, that intention is there. She thinks it is. I think it is. Mm-hmm. So I can't have female friends. Mm-hmm. I probably wasn't 20 until I had like my first encounter with a woman where I was like, oh, okay, we can, we can be friends. Mm-hmm. And it like felt good and I could explore that. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it wasn't something that came naturally. Mm-hmm. There's so many programs around it for me.
1: Yeah. And, and then you bring in sports, you bring in porn, yeah. you bring in... This, you know, the the whole world of, I guess, misogyny in a way where it's these storylines that we attach ourselves to. And, you know, when like we grew up in in different times where I think porn was a lot more readily available for you as a teen. But for me, it was like I was watching the scrambled version of the higher channels, listening to the sounds to like rub one out when I was a kid because I was like getting everything that I could. So I didn't have that. That that same experience that kids have now or teens have now. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, though, like my friends and I would get together and we would watch shows like Girls Gone Wild and yeah. Bang Bust and all these awful kind of misogynistic shows that were guys getting women to do these crazy things. And and we we slowly started thinking that that was how it went down. You know, mm-hmm. like when you're that young and you're you're so open and you have no idea about any of really anything that's going on around you, you're just like, oh, these guys look kind of cool. Those girls are really hot. They're doing this thing. That must be how it goes. And oh, wow, these girls look like they're enjoying it. Cool. When really it's like thinking back, I'm like, a lot of those women probably have serious sexual trauma now because of those experiences. But it just, you know, it, 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 programs us.
0: Yeah, it's true. It really does. I probably didn't go down on a woman. I was just thinking about this on a girl until I was like 17 Mm. because I was like, that's not, I didn't see it in the porn that I watched. I didn't see oral sex from men to women. Yeah. It's just like men get head and then have sex. That's what happens. Isn't that crazy? So boring. So boring, man. (laughs) God, like that's like one of my most pleasurable parts. Like I I fucking love exploring the yoni, but it's, it was insane to think about like that was my experience was like sex is this this is how Mm -hmm. it looks this is what i do yeah this is what it is every time it was like this like formula Mm -hmm. and it didn't involve me going down on women which is this weird and then that was accepted upon Mm -hmm. for the women around me it was like yeah that's Mm -hmm. that's what it
1: is Mm -hmm. man very interesting and and, you know i i i really think that for me at least a lot of it came down to like deep-rooted insecurity yeah you know, because i i started I started gauging like how handsome I was, or how successful I was, or how cool I was, or how the the status I held by a the amount of women that I slept with, and at that point, you know, what I quote unquote thought was an attractive woman or not, and and it was this suppression of so much insecurity of feeling so out of place and Mm. so not seen so not heard and and at the same time this whole numbers game pulled me away of the fact that like i was terrified that i like wasn't going to perform well or that you know i would come too quick or that like i'd be too drunk and wouldn't get it up and so there was all this pressure and all this shame that just drove this kind of toxic way of being that would just caused me to like suppress and suppress and suppress and suppress and that caused a lot of challenges for me in my Mm -hmm. sexual life which you know I I think I've done a pretty good job now working through them and we'll get into that in a bit but Mm -hmm. for years man like I'm 36 now and for a very long time that programmed me and and dictated how I thought about my partners how I navigated being single like it was it was so wild.
0: Yeah. The performance thing is big. And yeah, I can also speak to that because I have similar experiences with that. I think a lot of people do. But yeah, the, the, I would say traumatization, that could be a heavy word, but this, these experiences of if I didn't perform, what did that mean about me being a man? Yeah. Could I be a man and not perform? Is that possible? And so, yeah, it would be that like Mm -hmm. this, you know, whiskey dick, right? That's the classic. Like you just, if you drink too much. And so that that actually went into one of my later relationships when I was like oh I want to, I love this person I want to explore a relationship with this person but then I stopped wanting to have sex because I felt if I couldn't perform what did that mean about my manhood mm. what did that and I you know I didn't know myself to be somebody that didn't perform but Like, from happening one time, from one experience, like, blocked me. I was like, oh, that means if that happened once, that can happen again. And I, what happened, what does that mean about me? And so, it blocked me from having this intimate, it it blocked sexual connection, which then blocked almost all intimacy because I blocked it. Totally. Not to say you can't have intimacy without sex, but when I blocked the sex, I was like, oh, that means we can't be intimate. And then just so much guilt and shame and then, like, yeah, both sides of the relationship. But, yeah, this... It fed into each other just from... I could have fucking voiced that, right? Mm-hmm. And to look back, you can learn from it. But to be in that place was so intense and so rough. And I would output it on other things and make me go to the gym more and be like, I need to
1: get bigger because then yeah, I'll feel good.
0: Totally. It's these traumatizations around the experience. But man, it's, it's a big one.
1: It really is. It really is. And, and I think a lot of men will relate to that. Uh, I, know for, I know for me performance anxiety was always a thing especially and in, in you know I'd have relationships with some with some women and some partners that you know I couldn't have sex if I wasn't drunk like it was yeah. like it it was just we'd always have just a couple drinks or yeah. have a bit of wine or you know there was always that involved because yeah. otherwise it was like my anxiety was so high about the whole situation that yeah. It wouldn't go the way that I wanted to and I didn't know how to connect and, and so we just suppress more and we become more insecure and we become more shameful and it just becomes this spiral and I, I think that you know, this is why we wanted to talk about this mm-hmm. on this podcast. This is why we wanted to bring these topics up is that there's so much liberation yeah. in sex and, and we're going to get into how we found that. Uh, but there's so much liberation for insecurity, for shame, for guilt, for disgust, for all these things that we carry in sex, and 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 really in you know diving into the sexual traumas we hold, the sexual insecurities we hold, and ultimately you know the full expression that, that we always talk about on yeah. this podcast.
0: Yeah. So, for you, when did you start going into uh, let's let's just call it conscious sex for the mm. first layer? when did you start going down that path of either like conscious intimacy or conscious sex? Like when did this start coming through for you?
1: Yeah. Great question. And it all started for me, honestly, when I quit watching porn, Mm. that was, that was the pivotal moment for me because we talk about insecurity and we talk about the, the shame that we carry and, and, for me, I based my sexual experiences off of what I saw in porn. Yeah, right. So I would see this rock hard dude just pleasuring this woman beyond expression until she exploded, <laughs> and I would be like, "Wow, that's what my sex is supposed to look like." Mm-hmm. And I would also be like, "And that's what my partner's supposed to look like." And if I had a partner that didn't fit that that yeah. that build. I would lose interest, and I would not want to have sex. And then I would go and I would search for another partner. Mm-hmm. And when I stopped watching porn, it opened up a whole new realm of intimacy with my partner and exploring my partner and and loving on my partner. Now I wasn't practicing any breathing techniques yeah. or you know doing anything more advanced when it comes <laughs> to you know more of the tantric practices, but it brought a level of presence mm-hmm. to my sexual experience. Like I was still drinking, still doing that stuff, hey. but but I still was able to actually see my partner as my queen, as the person that I really <clears throat> wanted to sleep with, that I was like enthralled by. And it, it didn't give me this weird perspective. Cause if you think about it, if you have a partner who's gorgeous and beautiful, but then you go to porn and, and when she's not around, you just go, you're like, oh, my partner's not here. I'm just gonna you know flip on some porn. I'm gonna touch myself. Mm-hmm. You do that, and then you see this, and you're like, "Oh my God, that woman's so enthralling on porn. Like she's making all these noises and it's this thing." And then you're like, "How come my girl doesn't make all those comparison. same noises?" Yeah. Right? And then I'd be like, "Well, maybe I'm not good. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's not good." And then you get into this dance of like questioning yeah. it, you know. And and for me, I, it, it would then lead to me going to strip clubs more. It would be me like going into that world more of being around that type of energy, and I would actually you know pull away from my partner. So, yeah. cutting out the porn and Committing to my partner being my model sexual partner. Yeah. That became, you know, my main focus and really pulled me out of that unconscious.
0: So, why did you stop porn? Was it that consciousness that, like, you're like, oh, I'm aware that this is happening, so let me stop? Like, how did you choose? Because you did, like, I imagine for you, like it was for me, is a low level addiction. Like, mm-hmm. it was definitely something that was regular. For As sure. As for a lot of men, like, it's either like a high level or a low level addiction to some regard. Yeah. So how did you For stop? For me, yeah. it,
1: honestly, it was an awareness. Yeah. For me, I went and I was with a partner that I really loved. Mm. Like she was amazing and she was really good looking. And at the same time, I'd, I would have so much comparison. And I remember being like, I'm like, why am I looking at these other women? Why am I looking at these other experiences when I have this beautiful, amazing human in front of me? Yeah. And so I became aware of like withdrawing from her. And the more I, the more I did that, and I, I would be like, okay, well, there's something wrong here. And then I remember, I was like, well, I'm just gonna try not to not watch porn for a couple of weeks and mm-hmm. and see what happens. Gotcha. And I remember our sex was amazing. Mm-hmm. And I remember just being like, a, I wasn't like rubbing one out every two days, and like I had a lot more, you know, <laughs> testosterone <laughs> and helps. stored up inside of me. And, yeah. and but and, but then at the same time, I I just. I, I was so horny for her, I wanted her, I was just like, mm-hmm. you know, enthralled in her. And so our sex was naturally so much better. And I remember after those two weeks, I was just like, I'm done. Never again am I watching porn. Yeah. And and to this day, I have not watched porn, even in a conscious way. Like I just was like, Nope, this stuff serves no purpose in my life whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna dive so deep into my partners and, and that will be my expression.
0: Yeah. It's fucking beautiful. Yeah. How
1: about you? How did you how did you move out of the the toxic masculinity and, and more into the, mm. the conscious awareness of sacred sexuality? Yes. It was
0: Yeah, it was whenever I was celibate in Bali. So I shared this before mm-hmm. that when I did that year of celibacy, that's where it came through because up until that point, like what, I was twenty one. So up until that point, I was in toxicity for sure, predominantly. I would say, yeah, I was definitely in that space of, of not really caring for women in the way that I I could have, not really like, it wasn't a a practice. It wasn't sacred. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a lot of things that was possible uh, to be that I know now to be possible. But in that time of being celibate, that was the whole point of like exploring. And I, I went more into depth in this in, um, which one? The episode where we talk
1: about divine
0: feminine. femininity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I went more into depth in this, but basically took the year off of having sex, of engaging sexually, and that involved like kissing, that involved like anything, like a full celibacy. But I wanted intimacy. I wanted intimacy without the sexual contract, or like not even contract, but without needing that. Mm-hmm. And allowed me to connect to women on so many levels, allowed me to explore that place, and allowed me to see, oh, there's so much here to explore. Uh, and when I, I when I actually took sex out of the picture, yeah. I could see the value of sex on a such a deeper level. Mm-hmm. So I had to remove it from my options to yeah. be like, oh, yeah. this is how much yeah. it matters. Oh, Look I how beautiful that. it is. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, getting off the mountain if you're always on the mountain to see how beautiful it is. So yeah. you have to take a step off to witness yeah. the beauty in it. So with that, that's that's what I did. And luckily, mm-hmm. coming out of that experience, I met somebody that was a tantrika, somebody who practiced tantra in that world. And that was who I came out of celibacy with to explore that. So it was also a really beautiful way to kind of go back into sexual connection in a mm-hmm. healthy way, in a way that was like, oh, this is fun. We can kind of see what this is. And it it was profound. And it took that though. It took me making sure it wasn't an option. Like, no, mm-hmm. you're not like holding in that, holding strong in that. I know you yeah. can relate to this, but just like making that declaration of like, I'm going to hold in this. Yeah. And me deciding that and not just being like, washy with my energy and just going towards sex and whatever pleasure was around me. I'm mm-hmm. like, no, I'm holding this down. Yeah, That then brought insights around. This is what intimacy can look like. This is what women actually want. Cause yeah. I got to talk to them and like actually yeah. get to know like women and connect. And like some of my best friends to this day I met in that celibacy and it, yeah, it took that. It yeah. took that exploration of myself and cause it brought up a lot for me too. I was so like built up obviously, yeah. but then through that, I got to really see like what it could start to look like. And of course, it continued to be a journey after that
1: mm-hmm. and
0: stuff kept coming up. But that was like a first kind of big pillar in that exploration.
1: Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I love that. and I love how at that age you approach celibacy. Like yeah. that's, that's another level. Like <laughs> when does. I think about me being 21, it was like, <laughs> that shit wasn't going down, man. Like I was, I, was, I was deep, deep, deep in being straight up playboy. Yeah. So, you know, hats off to you, man, for, for being so open so early on your journey. Like, that, that's beautiful. And you, you highlighted something so epic here, which is when sex is the default, we default to it. Yeah. It's as simple as that. It's like, you know, and I, w- I even find myself still in this pattern sometimes, mm. even though I'm much more explorative with my sexuality now. But when we're like, oh, P and V, that's what we do. So what do you do? You make out for like five, 10 minutes, maybe. Some people might be like 30 seconds. Rip the clothes off and just let's go. Yeah. Right? And, and, so, and then it's like, let's go, 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 until you know one or both of us are done. Generally, I think it's till one of us are done. <laughs> Man, I'm talking to you out yeah. there. <laughs> Ladies, you know what I'm talking about. And I'm only saying that because I used to be that guy. Mm-hmm. And then and then that's it. That's sex. Yeah. You know. And 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 I think that something like celibacy is is such an important thing for individuals as well as couples to practice together because it pushes you to learn to explore these other realms of connection and intimacy outside of just taking your penis and putting it in a vagina or in a yoni. You know what I mean? And and so. It's it's very important to take a look
0: at this. Like, what would it look like that your partner you like if you had sexual connection, you had intimacy without penetration? Yeah, like what's possible there, and then explore that, play with that. I know you've explored this a lot. I've also explored it totally. And it's like, what then? What do you do? Like, what can you do? What becomes possible? Mm -hmm. And this is kind of where the world of BDSM started coming in for me. And I think for you too, for sure, was exploring this. I know it can be a heavy topic, like BDSM, it can be very intense in that world. And it can be very fun, explorative, and, and opening and beautiful. And like, it can be soft, but you know, it's like, it can be a It's, le- it's so funny. It Every a time, lot time of I hear
1: BDSM, and I, I met other people are in the same boat, I just picture like, some hardcore dominatrix and like all leather with a whip, yeah. just like super intense with like chains and should be hot for sure. <laughs> yeah, probably <laughs> we'll, we'll, could be. We'll get into your fantasies yeah. in a little bit here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you know, I, I think it's important to know that, and we're gonna get into this. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go into our experiences, mm-hmm. and it, it's a it's a beautiful expression. Yeah, and and you know, regardless of what you want to label it. And the role that you you know either take or that you you know you you ascribe to, it's important to know that this is just exploring sexual pleasure. Yeah. Right. And and for me, that's that's really what this is about. It's like for I I suppressed pleasure for so many years, mm-hmm. so many years. I because because like you said, I I never liked cutellings. Yeah. When I was younger, I'd be like, oh, I'm not I'm not I'm mm-hmm. not eating a woman out. Like yeah. no chance. And. I did that because porn, because friends, like everyone was like, yo, she give you domes? Yeah. you get a head? That's what it was about. You know, and then yeah. if I was like, no, I, I, I liked her vagina, they'd be like, yo, you're sick. You know, so it yeah. was this, it was this, um, and I keep saying vagina, Yoni. Okay. I got to get my terminology right here. Mm-hmm. But it, it was like, it, it would suppress so much pleasure. And then obviously exploring with partners once I became more conscious. And, and now I honestly, I don't sleep with my partners at the beginning of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, For my last three relationships, it's been anywhere from, you know, six to 12 weeks mm-hmm. of just connecting on another level. But through that experience, I started falling in love with Cuddlingus yeah. and I was like, wow, this is, I like this. Mm-hmm. But for so many years in this, in this state of toxic masculinity, I would suppress and suppress and suppress and then just shut myself off from this beautiful amount of pleasure that I receive.
0: Yeah. In them and receiving that my pleasure. Would receive. That's yes. the
1: thing. It's like, yeah, we would just go for
0: like penis pleasure, basically. Like we just go to mm-hmm. come. But seeing and feeling pleasure in your partner or whoever you're engaging with oh. in this, that can be so much more fulfilling. Totally. Than ejaculation. 100%. Like the the pleasure in just giving pleasure alone. Oh, for and sure. And allowing that to be the case, and it's amazing. like that. I've only recently, the couple, past couple of years, like started exploring that. Like yeah. they leaned into that. Yeah. And like, I don't need anything. Like yeah. I want to yes. give. I want to give to you, which is kind of, which is like to go into the BDSM stuff. That's kind of where that started coming in. As so I was like, I, and personally, I'll just share this. I had a, a, an interesting dynamic, let's say with power uh, because uh, the people around me, like my father figure was so powerful, but didn't feel like it was in a healthy way. It felt like it was in a toxic way. And it was, and from my perspective, and, and the women uh, that were with him, I would hear as well. And so I was like, oh, I don't, I don't want to be identified as like powerful, even though I like I liked it, but it, I, I felt so wrong with that. Especially when I went down the, the space of going to spirituality, I was like, I can't be powerful, no, or else that's like, wrong. Gotta I gotta soft, soft. be soft. I gotta chill. be, yeah. I gotta be in that, which is like being your feminine, yes. But once I got to, oh <laughs> my <laughs> the got, lions coming out, baby. It's <laughs> to own my power. In a way that's coming from love, that's coming from care, that's coming from safety. Mm -hmm. Like being powerful while also holding someone Mm -hmm. in that and Mm -hmm. making them feel, allowing them to feel safe and Mm -hmm. supported. Mm -hmm. Oh, like tying somebody up, teasing them, playing with them, just pleasuring them for hours, right? Exploring that Mm -hmm. and allowing that, Mm -hmm. them to feel safe in that, but still owning my power in that, which is fucking healing for me. So healing. For that trauma around me. I can't be in my power or else it's bad or else it's yeah. wrong. This allows me to be in it while also checking in with the person, having conversations, open discussions, exploring that and holding somebody in that. Mm-hmm. It's fucking mm-hmm. beautiful.
1: And just to be clear, for those of you that are new, when he said tying somebody up, that's tying up somebody who has expressed that they yeah, like it. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. Okay, we just yeah, wanna add, we just wanna <laughs> add that in there. Is that he's not like, yeah, I just love tying It's like tying <laughs> no. somebody up that has expressed that they really yes. enjoy bondage. They enjoy being tied up. Right? That that I think for me is is yeah, for, for anybody yeah. in that world, you gotta, like, that yeah. needs to be needs to be out there. Yes. And and that's beautiful, man. And, and I I love that so much because I don't know about you, but for me in some of my past relationships, it was really hard because I'm a powerful dude. I'm I'm big. I'm strong. Right. I'm not toot my own <laughs> horn here, people. I'm just I'm saying facts. Yes, like as yes, a, yes. As a big you know big strong dude, I enjoy feeling that power. And mm. and a lot of women that I've been with in the past have like that power and some of them haven't Mm -hmm. and in the ones that haven't a lot of times it would come up where this this side of me this primal more aggressive more kind of like animalistic side of me would get deemed as toxic masculinity yeah and i remember it 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 really affecting me in a few situations where i remember sitting and being Mm -hmm. like wow I've really done so much work on this. Like, how come I have this desire? How come I have this want mm-hmm. to really, you know, be primal and and yeah. and be in my animal and and allow for that to come through, obviously in a conscious, safe way. Mm-hmm. And I really was torn for a while because I I took that on and I said, "Wow, I still have a lot of work to do. I really do." And I was like, I, "How could how could this be? I feel like my my sexual energy is so clean now and." It had me questioning a lot, and it wasn't until I started exploring these areas of more domination and submissiveness that it really started opening up to me. That wow, this is actually a part of my pleasure. This is a part of my expression. This is this is actually a part of my truth. And mm. it it's not like you know you go into this you know caveman you know, complete animalistic state, you're very tuned into your partner. You're very conscious. You're very aligned to them, asking them how they're doing, like really getting into a dance with them. Mm-hmm. And it's been so fucking healing Yes. to know that because, you know, we're both about full expression. Yeah. And being able to express yourself fully sexually, I know we both share this, mm-hmm in a place like that is beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely beautiful. And that's not to say that there wasn't aspects of this in my toxic masculinity where it was like, you know, there was this this desire to dominate the female species with Mm -hmm. numbers like we talked about. But at the same time, as you work on yourself and you really get to the root of what it is you want to do and how you want to express, it can be a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah. And actually, a good point there is, to actually get to this place where we feel this connected in, and I know we both relate on this, we had to really get close to our own divine femininity as mm-hmm. we talked about. Mm-hmm. I had to, like I said, open myself up to women in a way that was just friendly and loving and like let myself be seen. Yeah, I had to love on people like Cam, like yeah. big men around me that I would yeah. usually have up a wall against yeah. and just like deeply hug, be held by and be seen in that. Mm-hmm. Have that softness to really be able to see and not just put myself in a box in a category of like, this is what I am, this is how I do it. Because mm-hmm. again, like that that cycle could show up again, even in this world, right? Mm-hmm. Like of what we did For before. Sure. It's like, oh, I, I did this and this is how sex looked. And then now it could be like, I do this. I just have more things to do it with now. Mm-hmm. And it could show up in a cycle. But the more we can have these discussions, the more we can talk yeah. about it, the more we can be open with the people around us. Like you and I have had so many discussions Like, you know everything about my sex life. I know everything about yours completely. And we're like open to connect on this in such a loving way where even the partners are present. The people that we do it with are present. It's not that we're like, oh, I I did this. Yeah. It's like, wow, you get to explore that. Yeah, And it's this beautiful kind of way to be held in it and also be able to explore with the people we're able to explore this with. Mm -hmm. This open conversation and dialogue around it. Like what would actually... Give you pleasure, and of course, for women, that changes on their cycle, on their moon, on what's happening. Totally. Becoming aware of that's also yeah. very important so with rewarding. this practice. It's because it's not going to be the same. Like men, we have some consistency with our desire yeah. a bit more ten, tends to be, and then depending on the cycle of the woman, yeah. it's like sometimes it's you gotta show soft. up for them. Sometimes it's really exactly. it's
1: more intense. It's, it's like fucking
0: beautiful to be yeah. able to be with that symphony in that way that it moves, mm. and. So I I guess I'm mentioning this because of the clarity on, yes, there's the intensity. Yes, there's bringing forward kind of the power that we're able to embody at this point. But I feel it's this way of exploring only because the softness and the femininity is real inside of me and inside of you to be seen in that.
1: Yeah. Oh, man, I love that you brought that up. I love that you brought that up. And I resonate Mm. so deeply with that, so deeply with that and i love how you said bring these things up like we bring these things to the surface mm-hmm. these things to the surface like i think that one thing a lot of i think that a lot of <laughs> <laughs> think, one, think, think, think think, <laughs> think 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 a lot of a lot of people hide their sexuality yeah i sure as hell know i did for so long mm-hmm. outside of being like yeah you know dude i got But like gone your gone, kinks gone. and your actual totally, real weird shit you yeah, want to do like i mean I, we'll hold back on that we actually i think <laughs> hold back on ourselves in yes. a sense like I know me personally like we're gonna get into butt stuff me personally I have massive blocks around my anus yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean because there was this stigma growing up of homosexuality mm-hmm. there was this stigma of you know if, if you touch your butt you're gay yeah and so there's so much tension and trauma stored in there that for me personally I've I've completely shut myself off to this this absolute pleasure portal, like I don't know, I can't remember what it is, but I think they say I don't even—I haven't fact-checked this, so it might be complete bullshit. But they say that men have, you know, six G spots or five G spots in inside of the, the rectum or the anus. I know I, our true G spot—that's where it lies. Yeah, it's there. I don't know how true that is. So, somebody, if you're <laughs> listening, please call me. How out many on that. G spots are in there? How many G spots are in <laughs> the man's anus? Yeah, but you know, I know that I've shut myself off from pleasure in that way. Yeah. And I did that because I didn't have anybody I could talk to about it. And it wasn't until a good friend of mine was dating a Tantrika mm-hmm. and he started he started playing with butt plugs. Yeah. And 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 he he started telling me like Cam yeah, like you know I use an obsidian butt plug. Fuck yeah. And it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I remember he showed me and I was like, I'm like, bro, you put that You put that where? Yeah. That's next level. Uh And, but it opened me up because, you know, he was a rugby player. He was a strength and conditioning coach. He was like this big, strong man. And, you know, he, he was into that stuff and it, it just totally opened me up to being like, whoa, okay. Hmm. And that wasn't too long ago. You know, that would have been probably, you know, five years ago. Yeah. And. I think it's really important to know, like, we got to talk about our pleasures. We got to share these experiences and really bring these things to light because there's so much to explore in sexuality and we're so basic with penetration that we just default to that. And
0: I know there's so many different ways to access pleasure and to to gain different ways of connecting and experiencing all different just sensations on our body, on our being like Mm -hmm. that we hold back from. And to the butt stuff, yeah, this is something that I know you and I are constantly. We're we, were, we were talking <laughs> the other day
1: about do we wax our well, butt I know, holes? We're talking about getting not. our butts
0: waxed. Like we might wax our buttholes here soon because we can't bring you live to that, but we will definitely share we'll share the when it's done. After we'll let you know because because yeah, because there's some dangers in having hairy buttholes whenever it comes to butt plugs and things like that. So that's why. Uh, but yeah, it's this it's this idea and this concept behind like yeah, certain areas meaning certain things. Like BDSM meaning X. Doing butt stuff means X. Like it's just like, boom, this means that. So don't do that. Yeah. But it's this fluid experience. Yeah. Ever changing as well. Like beautiful in the ways of exploring and the ways of engaging with what it means to be intimate, what it means to be sexual, what it means to have connections with love, Mm -hmm. what it means to really feel somebody and be embodied with another Mm -hmm. person inside of that Mm -hmm. and to merge with somebody oh like the energetic bodies you can we can speak on that but yeah yeah it's it's fucking beautiful and i think only once starting to explore these worlds it's really become apparent like how much is possible Mm -hmm. and like i said we're not experts we're still constantly like we're We're constantly exploring exploring. we're just explorers we're just like you know exploring these these new worlds these woods these jungles and seeing what happens and what occurs and it's fucking fun we'll have an episode on Ryan and Cam explore the butt plug. Yeah, well, that'll be soon. That w- it's actually really <laughs> I'm soon. nervous. Man. I know I'm, I got mine. It's, so it's in the states. Okay, uh, I, got, I found one. Somebody get it a it. crystal. Yeah, what it's obsidian because oh, I, I remember you said that. Yeah, so I was like, I'll do yeah, obsidian. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's gonna happen.
1: It's, it's gonna, gonna happen. happen. So so I'm curious, Ryan, when when you say you you mentioned some pretty cool topics there, like yeah. you mentioned like real connection, energetic connection. It, start, it sounds like you're getting more into that, that tantric space. Yeah. With that tantrika, did she open you up to any, like? well, I'm sure she opened you up to a bunch of stuff, yeah. but, but was it her that kind of really helped you start to learn these aspects of connection Definitely. outside of penetration? Like, Tell us a bit more about that.
0: Yeah, so for the last two months in my celibacy, I was with that person. Okay. And, like, we weren't in any way, like we wouldn't say we we're in a partnership, but we were exploring things together. And it was like, I'm going to hold off, though. Like, I'm, I'm doing the celibacy. I'm at 10 months. I'm going to do a year. So she yeah. was like, okay, fine. I know many ways we can explore without going against the celibacy. I was like, great. Open me up. Let's go. I'm ready for it. And so, yes, in that, cunnilingus came in. All these other pieces started coming in where I'm like, okay. At first I said, okay, I wasn't going to do this, this, and this. But if let's see if I can put these pieces in as long as I'm sticking to what I said and I was determined to yeah. do, which is create intimate space, intimate connection mm-hmm. without having intercourse, without kind penetration, of penetration right? yeah. being part of it. So all of these different things, different sensations, different, like like I was saying, like we would have ice and then we would have like different pieces that would come into it that would be involved <laughs> in this experience that was going so far beyond. Like we would sit and so there's this beautiful practice where <laughs> we're just ninjing a bug. This beautiful practice where you just sit or stand and you you witness the other person naked and you just Mm -hmm. witness them. But it's if you've ever done eye gazing, you would know the power in eye gazing. Mm -hmm. When I do it, I hallucinate. After Mm -hmm. like two minutes, I I start hallucinating. It's very intense for me. But in that, then the body where you experience the body, you experience the other person in their nudity Mm -hmm. and you experience the beauty in that being and then you can go into an eye gaze. And for me, that was one of the most electrifying experiences in my life. Just being fully, like, I don't think I ever was fully witnessed in my nude self until that point. I never let myself be fully seen, right? Yeah, I like to be naked. Sure, it's cool. In the locker room. Which is now, though. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. But even before, like, I was kind of open to it. I was open to skinny dipping and things. But in a playful way where it was like, I wasn't being seen. You're not standing there as naked. No, I'm just standing and like.
1: Looks at you. Looks at me. Yeah.
0: Just standing there as I am. I'm not getting erect. I'm not doing anything. I'm just being seen. And that was beautiful. Like Mm -hmm. it brought me to tears Mm -hmm. and it was orgasmic at the same time. I was like, whoa, this is so incredible. And that was the, that was my first experience of Mm -hmm. like energy moving in a sexual way. But that was just so pure. And it's like, we didn't touch, we didn't do anything. Like we didn't start like grabbing each other after that. We just had this softness Mm -hmm. and then we sat and we closed our eyes into meditation and like I Mm -hmm. blasted off. Mm -hmm. But that was like, that was an experience of getting introduced into the tantric world where I was like what is this like what is even what's possible here if we can just stand in our nude selves witness each other and I can have this whole orgasmic full body experience and blast off what's possible yeah so yeah there was lots of exploration lots of things that just got introduced to and I was very interested in exploring and continue to this day to explore because it's it's beautiful man
1: beautiful yeah hell yeah I love that so much that space is so important and i think it's so overlooked like if if you think about sexual education where they say yeah put the put the condom on the banana you know it's like that's that's what sex ed is for us in school and it's like you see someone you see a baby being born and you talk about stds and how to strap up and that's it not a strap-on but Mm. they should get into that stuff but i i think that that's so beautiful like to 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 just be seen and accepted in your yeah. in your nakedness is yeah. so powerful, and we don't do that. Like so many people are like, I gotta turn off the lights ah, and then let's just yeah. go, and it's let's like do my thing as well. Totally, yeah. it's like shut off the lights and let's just feel everything, and and. That can be fun if you're blindfolded. Sure. You know, yeah. you can get into some stuff. But
0: well, to do all these things, yeah, it could be fun. Yeah. Even like you're talking about before, the primal sex of just ripping clothes off and totally. having sex. If you agree upon that, yeah. and you're like, I want that today. Today actually is what I want. When well, you yeah. just you know, and your partner's like, that. hell like, yeah, yeah, I, I want, want that. that. Then it's like, you fucking up, do that. Yeah. And with the lights off, do that. But have exploration in these other areas and allow yourself to be yeah. seen in these other areas as well.
1: You brought up such a such a cool topic around eye gazing, and I had this this. I got a download. Okay. All right. Came through. <laughs> uh, that um, it was, it's wild to me that as humans, like how many people out there have eye gaze with their partners? Yeah. And we, but we, we, we fuck. Mm-hmm. And we don't even eye gaze. Like we, we literally take our, our, our like body and put it inside another person's body and juices. And we don't even take time to stare into each other's eyes. We don't even take time to inhale each other's breath like yeah. there's so many other things that we we totally just like throw away because we go right to sex. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I think like we we taught, we say this over and over again like celibacy, you know, semen retention, all these things are so important because for for me when I when I started dating and I was like not not having sex until like I really know there's a connection, you spend time figuring out if there's a connection. Yeah. But if you just go right to sex, you're like, we got connection, just dope, yeah. like you know, you didn't fist bump me there, but I didn't, well, we didn't have sex, so I didn't well, we didn't. Know. But you know, anyways, <laughs> not yet. But it's it's like we 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 don't take the time to explore those things, and and in those moments, like with you being witnessed in your in your nakedness, I have I've had so many beautiful experiences just eye gazing, just yeah. meditating in I don't know what that position's called in tantra where it's like. You're you're like sitting over each other like this. Oh, uh, I just call it spider. Spider. Okay. Yeah. Where like yeah, the the usually it's the the usually it's for me. It's the my legs are below and then she's kind of straddling yeah, me. On. Yeah, you're just close. Like yeah, heart to we're heart. Just heart, just to like heart like with to heart. Really each other. close. Like and yeah, your meditation. sexual organs are very close. Very close, but no yeah, penetration. Exactly. And just sitting in that. Sometimes with clothes on. Sometimes naked. But just you know feeling each other being with each other holding for, each other for yeah. you know sometimes 30 40 50 minutes right and you just breathe and you feel and there's this there's this other level
0: yeah you merge this is what you I was talking do. about earlier you and, and,
1: literally uh,
0: start to merge you
1: merge as one and and that's when i started doing that and then would enter intercourse after. <laughs> you, it's like you're one person,
0: and that's that's where the self uh, the pleasure for the other becomes this becomes pleasure for yourself orgasm. because you're like if she's coming, I'm coming. Like totally. if, if I'm with that, like there's no separation of like we're in
1: this together. It's This journey we and get to be on. Like I have been bawling yeah. my eyes out, like crying with my partner, crying because the pleasure is so insane like why don't we talk about this more yeah. why isn't this something that you know as, as that, that's more conventional because i you know i just can't i can't express enough of how beautiful that experience is and all it takes is feeling building an energetic yeah. connection building a spiritual connection yes. like
0: ah oh. and the even the first layer before that that i think is important to talk about which i would love for you to speak to around the topic of the curiosity in the first place, which we kind of mm-hmm. talked about as is like ISTA yeah, questions, yeah, yeah. but like starting to ask your partner like the true desires and starting yeah. to like understand your true desires because yeah. for a long time I didn't even know what I really wanted because I was like, yeah, what the yeah, fuck yeah. do I even want here? Yeah. And so starting to have that dialogue, open conversation, starting to connect on that to go deeper into the yeah. physical representations of it, but started by verbal yeah, verbalizing
1: it for sure. Well, I you know it's funny like I. I don't even know what the ISTA acronym stands for. Like, I actually don't. <laughs> um, and I didn't know yeah. about ISTA until it's I got recent. to Costa Rica. Like, yeah. this is something that that's really recent for me. And um, however, I'm very interested in diving deeper. I just honestly haven't had the time. to so we've been <laughs> rolling, rolling so much. But when it comes to those types of experiences, it's all about communication and consent.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: And so I don't know much about it. But mm-hmm. what I do know is that Communication and consent is at the forefront of it all. Mm-hmm. And it's about when you meet somebody, you sit down and, and you you ask questions mm-hmm. and you talk and you ask, what are your desires? What are your fears? What are your expectations? When's the last time you were tested? You know, you go through these these various questions and you know, it 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 gives you a clear understanding of where that person's at. Mm-hmm in in such a cool way and and in that moment you can be like wow that actually doesn't feel good for me yeah. so are you okay if we don't do that that's then, a big piece and then they're like oh no i actually really need this and you're like beautiful this isn't aligned yeah moving on we can be friends maybe there's something else for us to explore right and and so for me I think the and it doesn't have to be those questions, right? And I can't. I think there's five or six. But it's along those lines. But it's along the lines of yeah. just getting to a place where you're you're having an open conversation about what that person wants and not only is it going to give you a lot of information, but it's a great shit test to ask somebody to see if they've done the work to actually know what they want.
0: Yeah, and for permission is, is a big deal because a lot of people will just do it like, oh, this yes. person wants that,
1: so fine,
0: I'll yeah, do it. For and, sure. Okay, I'm supposed to do it. Yeah. But really getting what you're saying, consent and permission mm-hmm. and being open to a place where you can say no. Yeah. Being open in a space where you can have open dialogue about that not yeah. have somebody that's gonna be offended for you saying for sure. no, holding your ground and for owning sure. what you're in.
1: And I know that, that ISTA is very, very much about learning to take rejection. Yeah. Like that's I a huge that down. part of it yeah. is is you have to be able to say, I want this. And the person's like, no. And then you're like, okay. Or they want it. And you have to be able to say no and be okay with that and not make it mean anything. Yeah. I think is the is the most important part of that. And consent for me has, it's always been a big thing. Like I think I've always been been very good with this personally. I was, like I... You know, being very vulnerable right now, like I can't get it up if there's not intimacy. Like, yeah. if there's not like that, that connection, that passion, my dick don't work. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's a great default for me. It's just been like, all right, well, there's nothing here. So, yeah. there we go. So, for me, consent's always been like a big part of it. However, never as explicit as it is now because mm-hmm. it can, like you said, you can be like, hey, I'm feeling primal today. I just want to rip off your clothes and ravage you. And she has or he has the total openness or, or freedom to be like, no, I don't feel that today. And maybe like, okay, that's cool. But also to be like, yes, and then be like, here we go. Fuck yeah. And Let's that's a
0: that's time. a big deal. You brought up a good point. It's especially when exploring with the partner, consent is not on a one-time thing. Like, okay, you wrote it off. Yes. You said you're down for butt stuff. Great. Now forever, you're down totally. for butt stuff. No. Uh-uh. No. This is something you engage with regularly, daily. Daily. daily, often, check in on these things, on yeah. these spaces. And the more you get to know the person, the more you yeah, kind of you get to have kind these... of
1: feel and dance with them. And as sure. you're
0: doing it, it's not awkward when you're in the act because you yeah. get to, as you're exploring the, the sexual engagement itself, you get to talk about these things. Mm-hmm. I think it's fucking beautiful. I personally, at this point, love verbalizing while having sex, yeah. love having dialogue. About things like mm. love, kind of exploring and seeing if this is wanted, and does yeah. this turn you on, and does this, this, this. Yeah. So if if that does it for you, that's the move. But yeah. if it's something where that doesn't work for you, make sure you engage and talk about it beforehand for because sure. it's something that
1: changes on a regular basis. Totally, and you know it's funny, not funny actually at all. <laughs> now that I say that, but it, it's it, it it came up this morning in conversation. Uh, with what's going on in the u s right now mm. and and one thing that I want to say is like, ask for permission to like come inside of people. <laughs> you know what I mean? like I don't I don't the, the, like we're talking about consent, so this really came up for me yes. And this morning, I was talking with my partner about it. and it, a lot of guys don't ask coming anywhere, but like, yeah. like I well, I mean, coming, this is well, a conversation this, this as well. the other day as yeah. well, and we were talking about, getting you know coming on your face and your chest on your back whatever it's like I don't I don't I don't fucking know what's going on but from what I've heard from a lot of women in my life lately is that men don't ask if they can come inside on or yeah. around women and it's like it's like that's a very important thing especially when it comes to pregnancy and like plan yeah. b and all this shit that's it's like that that is such an important layer of consent that I think gets overlooked so often it's, if you don't ask for consent to come strap on a Jimmy cap, like like wear a condom, you know yeah. what I mean? But if you're going in and you're experiencing sex without protection, don't just shoot the gun off in the house. No. Like you got it. You got to warn people, you know, and, and I'm just I'm really passionate about that today because on this topic of consent, it's like. I just heard that this keeps coming up and I was kind of shocked. I was like, is this yeah. actually a thing? Like, that's a permission thing. That's not even like warning no, if when it comes it's to that. Like, it's, like, it's like, before we have sex, can I come inside yeah. of you? Like that is a very it important It seems so obvious, but I'm glad you're naming that. Ask. It seems like a very
0: obvious thing, but, but it isn't. It isn't. Right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, even our friend just the other day, we had a woman that was. We were just talking to her about it on ejaculation. She's like, "Yeah, I hate when guys Guy just, just come on my, my face. face. Like, what the fuck? You're like, who's yeah. just coming on your face? And like, this is something that will happen. So like, I just want to come this place, so I'll do it. Wherever I'm, just gonna come where I want to come.
1: No, and, no, right? No. That's not okay. You don't do that. No, and and I think it comes back to porn. You know, I think it yeah. comes back to these these experiences and and even. Even with your partner, you gotta ask this stuff. Like, there's yeah, stats permission. on on you know all kinds of sexual trauma coming from yeah. relationships, right? Where there's there's not this communication. There's well, there's not even this could be even more is. with with
0: relationships because oh, they're like, sure. oh, I'm supposed to because I'm the partner. Totally. And we've you're been, my partner. I want to fuck. Oh, we're fucking. I'm supposed you know? to do it this way. Yeah. And then like, okay, yes, you're right. I'm, we're together, so I need
1: to do this. Yeah, that's a lot of trauma can come from that space for sure. And and this, you know, I we're, we're harping on on the gents a bit right now, but but this doesn't just fall on men it falls on both you have to not you i'm going to talk from my perspective i have to have open communication with my partner all the time about what's expected because don't get me wrong i've gotten into situations with partners in the past where we're like "Ooh, this doesn't feel right and then it's kind of like this awkward space where you like i wanted it one way she wanted it another way it didn't happen and so there was this kind of like you're not seeing me you're not seeing me kind of kind of energy yeah you have to have these constant conversations with your partners around how are you feeling today, all right? And sometimes, yes, there's passion and you can read it, mm-hmm. but you, but even at the same time, it's like during, like you're saying, you love talking yeah, during. Love it's like, are you are you enjoying this? Is this yeah. is this what you want? What do you want me to do next? How how do you want to navigate this? What would excite you? You know, it's not like once you enter yeah. a person, you just you become a mute. Well, that's actually <laughs> yeah. Know? So
0: if I'm being honest, this happened not too long ago where I was having sex with somebody that I was exploring a connection with and we started having sex. We were communicating throughout the way and we're like, yeah, this is beautiful. Love this. Checked in all good throughout. I was like, How, Like, how's your experience? Like you turned on by this. And she was like, actually I'm feeling like I'm thinking about a lot of things right now. And I'm just like, my mind's going everywhere. I'm like, okay, let's let's take a break. We pause, like we we sat with each other, Beautiful. meditated for a minute. She was like, "Oh, this is actually I'm, it's so hot that you're actually giving me space right now. I'm fucking turned on right? now." And then you got back in it. Because it's like, of course, like of course for whatever shows up, yes, it can be challenging cuz we're so charged up, but give it space. It's always worth it. Totally. It's always it worth always it. Always is. You, you have to you have to override that animal sometimes. Be mm-hmm. whenever that comes up because it's gonna serve. It's gonna yeah. support. It's gonna heal, and most likely, it's probably gonna turn that other person on more that you gave them space, you gave mm-hmm. them security, you gave them a place to be 100%. held. Like, and it's
1: fucking beautiful. So yeah, that's it. It is, and you're and you're working against an animalistic I know, yeah. wiring, right? Like, here's this is why celibacy thing. worked out. So this is why well, that's celibacy's why. and great, semen training. And great stuff training is so important is that, like, who said you can't stop in the middle of sex? Yeah, like who says that you can't take a break? You know, yeah. I. <laughs> there was this, this, this uh, um, Tantra teacher that I, I, you know, connected with in, in Bali, not sexually, just oh, okay. connected with at, at a workshop. And um, he would say that if he got to a place where he felt like he was going to ejaculate and his partner wasn't there yet. He would, he would remove himself from the situation and he'd go do a headstand for like, <laughs> for like four minutes. And he That's said so it was good. like reset him yeah. and take him, take him back out of like, you know, feeling this pressure in his penis. Great. And he would go into this state and then he would go back in. And if he got to a place where he was going to come again before she had come, headstand. he'd go do another headstand. And so he got into this habit. And I started applying I don't do headstands, but I started applying that where it's like, Oh, if you feel like you're getting to that place and your partner hasn't come yet, it's like remove yourself, pleasure mm-hmm. her. Maybe, time Maybe yeah. it's time for Suck cutalingus. Maybe it's time for cutting, right? You know, do Suck something a toe. different. Yeah. You know, eat some chocolate, whatever. Yeah. Ooh. Right. Chocolate. Are we didn't even talk about food during sex. That's a nah, that's that'll be a whole other a whole other episode. Okay. Yep. But you know, I, I think it's really important to uh, to acknowledge like you for that and to be like, Hey, let's take a break. Yeah. You know, like let's and that's that's what I think the foundation of all of this is is there's so much love, so much communication, and when you have a sacred connection with somebody, there there is no right or wrong. Like you can be like, "Hey, wait, this isn't for me anymore. Can we stop?" Yeah. And it's like, "Cool, yeah, 100%. I honor yeah. you." And that's what happens when you open that permission
0: beforehand. Mm-hmm. You feel on both sides that you have permission. You're like, oh, this, this is allowed. I'm allowed to communicate whatever I want whenever I want mm-hmm. because I'm owning my experience. Yeah, And that is allowed because of how you've engaged it from the beginning, mm-hmm. before you engage in the act mm-hmm. without just
1: going into it. There's conversation, there's communication. Mm-hmm. It's fucking beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that, I love that. So people, most important thing here, communication and and step into the discomfort of having this conversation. Yeah. You know, I think that's, that's the biggest thing is like, it's, it's still for me is sticky. It's like when you meet somebody, it's like, Hey, let's sit down and have a discussion on what we want. What's Mm -hmm. your, what are your desires? What are your fears? What's your attachment style? How do you like to be pleasured? Yeah. What are your love languages? What are your your kinks? What are your kinks? Like all this stuff and, and, and start to dive into this. Even if you've been with your partner for three or four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten ten 10 years, like go in, they change, they evolve, it shifts and and open up those lines of communication Mm -hmm. because we're like we said we're not experts I'm still learning this stuff Mm -hmm. so often like it's it's a journey for sure and at the same time this has opened up a whole new world for me in the realm of pleasure and connection and excitement and playfulness and exploration
0: yes continue to play with it continue to lean into it as always ask questions Share insights. Bring us in. This is a community platform. We're trying to bring people into these experiences, sharing our experiences, opening this world up that's usually controversial. We're bringing it forward. We're being real. That's it. That's it. Stay, Stay lit. lit. <laughs>